Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Thanks for joining us today on the Faith Baptist Church podcast. And today I want to mention something maybe a little bit more on the um, even beat up side of life. Um, you know, the we understand that our Lord was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. And we'll get to that passage in a minute. It's in Hebrews. Um, our Lord went through so much. And there, there are some things I wonder about, like, why did could not Jesus have died for our sins and not gone through all that? Couldn't he have died for our sins without sleeping alone in the hills and being lied about and um, hated, um, misunderstood, betrayed? And maybe all those things were necessary. I'm sure it's all in God's perfect plan. We think, you know, very focused on I want to be saved and his death. Did he need, did he have to be born in a manger? in order for me to be saved, for him to die for my sins. Couldn't he have been born in a more comfortable environment? Couldn't his mother and father have had a little more of this world's provision? I don't know. But it could be also that looking at the scripture in Hebrews that he was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin, it could be that reminder that whatever it is you're facing today, he's been there. Um, he has faced being homeless. He's faced friendlessness, uh, if that's a good word, being without a friend. Uh, Jesus faced the hunger, the uh, all the, the burdens, the betrayals. But uh, just thinking of that one thought of betrayal, maybe just pulling that out of the many things he faced. In Psalm 41.9, it says, Yea, mine own friend, mine own familiar friend, not just a friend, but a familiar friend, a close friend, in whom I trusted. So this is a close friend he trusted which did eat of my bread. So they shared meals together, and, and it was the Lord's bread that this guy had eaten. Um, he hath lifted up his heel against me. Jesus knows what it means to be betrayed by a friend. Judas ate with the Savior, traveled with the Savior, shared meals with the Savior. The apostles and our Savior slept in the same places, I'm sure, often. And to have someone that you love and have a deep relationship with, to have that person betray you, that is, it's hard to find words to describe the, the hurt inside. That's why divorce is so painful. And um, most any real serious family trouble, the difficulties that come over estates among siblings, and just the, boy, just the betrayal, the, and it's not just you're betrayed, you're betrayed by somebody you love dearly betrayed by somebody that you've shared life with. And I've, um, I can think of some people that, that we were dear friends and, um, and they don't consider me a friend anymore, but you know, they still are my friend. I still love them. I still want them to have good in their life. And I would never, could never dream of them facing, wishing any ill on them. And so, uh, I just, I just want to encourage you to, to, uh, Realize Jesus has been there, and he ate um, and traveled and lived with with someone who just turned right around and sold him out. And he knows your pain. He knows your suffering. He knows the heartache. 
And um, you know, David faced betrayal with his sons, three of them, Absalom, Amnon, and Adonijah, all three. Um, at different times, obviously. Um, then there was uh, David's wife, Michael, that mocked him. And he knew David, of course, he's a type of Christ. He knew what it was like to hurt. Um, David faced the betrayal of his uh, main general, Joab, and uh, the high priest also. They, they sided uh, with Absalom. And, and, of course, there were the men of the soldiers that traveled with David who sought to kill him at Ziglag. And, and uh, Joseph um, faced um, his brothers and his employer betraying him, people he'd never done wrong to, he, people he'd served faithfully. And, and, and again, and, and our Lord knows those things. You're not alone. That's the point. You're not alone when someone you love dearly turns on you, turns to hurt you. Um, it is a sign um, that will be something. We'll see a lot of this at the end of the world, and depending on how you put it, probably during the first half of the tribulation, if I put those verses right. But uh, as we approach the end, after the rapture, before the millennial kingdom of Christ, uh, there's going to be betrayal. Uh, Satan will have this liberty to turn men and women, parents and children against each other as no other time in history. And to make no mistake about it, the betrayal, the hatred between those who should love one another, who did love one another, that's satanic today. When that happens today, it is of the devil. Proverbs 6 says, the Lord hates he that soweth discord among the brethren. That, that just makes God so angry. And um, uh, we should shun that, um, that divisive person and that divisive behavior like witchcraft or murder. Um, the, the, in, again, back to the point of those uh, days uh, during, the, I think, the first half of the tribulation, Matthew 10, 21, brother shall deliver up the brother to death and the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And then a little later in Matthew, Matthew 24, 10, then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And so this is a sign. It says something that's going to happen. The point is this, Jesus knows your sorrow. He understands your pain. He understands, uh, he, if he faced it to the extreme. And I hear stories off and on of betrayal. And, and um, just recently I was on the phone with a preacher who uh, felt like uh, uh, his home church and some people had uh, turned on him or whatever. And I don't know wh who was right and who was wrong. I'm not the investigator. I'm not going to investigate. It's just, just broken relationships. And it's, it's not my business except to love the brethren. But um, I know this, Satan sowed that discord. And I know this, God hates that discord. And, but, but the betrayal, what we have to be careful about is we don't want to get thinking we're the only one. We don't want to get thinking I've been hurt like nobody's been hurt. No, you haven't. Uh, no, you haven't. That hurt you faced, three out of four people in some countries faced it. And that hurt someone else's faced, four out of 10 people faced it in some other country. Um, there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, we read in 1 Corinthians. So uh, now you can do what you want with the Bible. But as for me, I'm going to seek to implement its truths into my life in every way possible. Consider the famous 1 Corinthians 13 used so often in so many ways. Charity suffereth long. There's something I need to be able to do, suffer long. And I need to be able to suffer long and be kind. Charity envieth not. 
Um, I should not envy those who have more, those that get away with or whatever. Charity vaunteth not itself. I shouldn't be um, making myself uh, look good. It's not puffed up. He goes on, doth not behave itself unseemly. I, I cannot allow myself to behave in an inappropriate or in, um, in a matter unseemly to a child of God. A charity seeketh not her own. It's not about me. It's not about what I want, what I deserve. Uh, it says it, in verse 5, it's not easily, easily provoked, thinketh no evil. I'll just read these. There's so much in comment on rejoiceth not in iniquity, rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Now that's Those are the Christian's marching orders. Because the great commandment is to love God and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And that verse 4, 5, 6, and 7 in 1 Corinthians 13 pretty well sums up what you and I ought to be living. And that's a high standard. And it's it's higher than any of us lives, but it's a good thing we can be shooting toward. And then you add to that the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Now, this, this isn't something you try to do. You try to get close to God, get filled with His Word, and uh, fall in love with Him and seek to surrender your life to Him. Then He fills you with the Spirit, and the Spirit of God brings forth this fruit of the Spirit. No peach trees sitting around trying to bring forth peaches. They're a peach tree. They're planted. They've been planted, watered, fertilized, taken care of, and so they naturally bear fruit. Well, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. So Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those are things that ought, to, that, ought to be, that ought to permeate my life. And you take charity and the byproduct of charity in 1 Corinthians 13, and the byproduct of the fruit of the or the fruit of the byproduct of the spirit dwelling and filling me, and that's the Christian's marching orders. And uh, all right, somebody hurt me. I still got First Corinthians thirteen and Galatians chapter five to live. Um, somebody lied to me. I still got First Corinthians thirteen and I still got Galatians five. And my my Christian life is not going to be flushed down the commode because I found out that a human being was a sinner. Um, I'm not sure if you realize it, but when, when uh, most of us got married, the, most of us at the altar said, for better and for worse. Why did we put the worse in the vows? Because we're sinners, you're marrying a sinner. And um, why do we say for richer and for poor? I don't know that one, because we've not been richer, but, uh, and I don't think we've been poor either. Um, we've just been blessed. But I want you to understand, God does know He's been there. He's done that. He's, he's, he's faced every trial you faced. And He kept, that's a point that He was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Now, you face that trial and you face it, but don't sin. Um, don't let the hurt you face cause you to sin against God and to sin against your fellow man. And it's not an easy thing, but that's our goal. Um, that familiar friend that turns on us, that's our chance to do the right thing. Through tears, through a sick stomach or whatever, but just to say, this is the Christian life, and by God's grace, I'm going to live it. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for joining us.